Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. We would be honoured if you would join us. Spark of Rebellion. Hello there, and welcome to Spark of Rebellion, your weekly Star Wars show, rounding up the latest news, reviews, and general discussion, along with our famous top threes from everything Star Wars. My name's Gary, and along with me, my co-pilot as always, Mark. How are you doing, my dude? Hello there. Uh, anyone, for you listening, uh, anyone anyone who wants to know, uh, you just missed the world's worst Jar Jar Binks impression before we pressed record. <laughs> so uh, we should do like outtakes, you know, for the patrons over on Patreon. We should do like outtakes. And you and I would think they were hilarious, but no one else would. Um, so maybe that's like the next layer of Patreon. You can get the outtakes. They're terrible. <laughs> the gag reel. Spark rebellion gag reel. My voice doesn't go high enough for Jar Jar Binks, so you did all right there, man. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, I've got that kind of uh, little boy voice as well. Every now, <laughs> even even now at 37 years old, it still breaks. You know when um, when your voice breaks when you're a teenager, it still does it at critical times in my life. So you'll be talking to a girl and you're like, "Hello there," you're like, "Oh, come on." Yeah, well, well, well done, voice box. Well done, Mitha. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't go. I can't go that high at all. My impressions are saved for the lower pitched, the lower octave kind of people. So. Yeah, but that's why you're so smooth and cool. And I'm like, ha uh, look at that fool. He's the clown. He's the jester. And you're like, you suave comedian. <laughs> well, that's what the big bottom's for on the new it Roadcaster is. Pro that we're using. We're all, all working on the big bottom. We're both actually, this, do you know what the irony of this, this is a hilarity of this, <laughs> is that we're both recording into two Roadcasters, one on each side, which is totally defeats the object of <laughs> all the other functionality of like the Bluetooth and the calling. Um, yeah. We're just too geeky. We're like, no, we want the best quality on each side. And that's, yeah, <laughs> pair of geeks. Indeed, man. Podcast geeks. Amen. How's your week been? What's going on? What's been uh, what's been going down in the, in, in the, the Gary universe? Uh, yeah, not too much, mate. The, uh, the day job's been uh, uh, ticking over outside of that. Um, I've been surprised by the amount of Star Wars news that's been rolling through because normally when celebration finishes for that first month afterwards or six weeks it's a bit quiet because they're spent you know all the change is gone they've every bit of announcement sorry news and announcement is all is all been out there so it's good to see some stuff coming through and we've got some cool stuff to talk through in our news and uh and the the discussion segment so it's been good just to keep that uh news coming through and reading that stuff because i was i was genuinely surprised i thought we're not we wouldn't get anything at least I don't know, three months outside of the release of the of the Rise of Skywalker, and then a, a few little video gamey bits out of E three. But no, it's been that's no, been cool. How have you been, buddy? You've been out on travels and doing CEO company stuffs. Yeah, like you said, the day job stuff. Yeah, it's been good. Um, so we've been getting uh, we, we we as you know we got a, a podcast hosting analytics and distribution platform captivate so that's been in kind of the final platform testing stage it's what we host spark a rebellion on so if you're a podcaster yourself check out captivate.fm so that's been interesting um just kind of setting that up and do you know what's been really cool is i've not done a hobby show like this for such a long time so looking at like a product, like a captive, like a media hosting platform through the lens of what we'd want as hobbyists is totally different to people that are using podcasting for marketing or for business stuff. So we just developed loads of new features on the back of it, like tiny things like being able to set at your show level a default publish time. So you're not having to constantly put midday in on a Saturday and just tiny little things like that, where you just think on a normal kind of, you know, business in marketing show that, that, that a huge portion of the audience does. You wouldn't need any of that stuff or you need it a lot less, but you and me were publishing on Saturday at midday. So I was like, we should probably just build it in so you can set that as default. And it's, I just, I've just been loving that this week. So this, you know, not only do I get to talk Star Wars with, with, with you every week, but it's, it's actually informing the day job as well, which is kind of fun. And I know you've, uh, 
you've been you've been kind to help on the on the the interface as well so for anyone that doesn't know Gaz is a kick-ass designer and a interface um designer and and yeah thanks for the help on that it's been it's been brilliant it's all come out of your brain the, oh the genius you don't want to get in there <laughs> <laughs> no i'm really looking forward to uh to captivate being out in the wild and getting everybody onto that because it is not not i'm not saying this because as Mark said, we host this show on Captivate. But being a podcaster for what close to six years now and trying out lots of different platforms and tools and all the rest of it, the stuff that Mark's working on does genuinely seem, it just seems awesome. Just In a similar way that Rode has developed this Rodecaster Pro for the hardware side of things, what Mark's doing for all of the hosting and interface and the growth uh, potential for your podcast and all that stuff over there, it genuinely does look like a bit of a game changer. Like if you sign up to Captivate and some of the other tools that you've got in the pipeline, your podcasting journey from start to finish and all that stuff just looks like a breeze and a real joy to use. So I'm, I'm not saying that because you're here and we host it and stuff. It, I, I'm genuinely excited for all that. So good times, man. Well, thank you, dude. Thank you. I appreciate that one. And uh, so what we got What we got on the show this well, week? Because like you said, it's been quite heavy on news, hasn't it? It has, man. Yeah, we've got some, I think we've got, three or four, yeah, four different pieces of news that have dropped over the past week, 10 days. Uh, and then we're going to go on to our review discussion segment, which is a real, a real cool thing for, well, it, it's a divide, I would say, a real cool thing for a certain batch of fans. However you view this person, it might not be so good for another batch of fans. And then we've got our infamous random spotlight where we're going to talk about your pick this week, which is a, a particular droid, which I don't know too much about. So I'm intrigued to find out what's going on over there. So let's kick you off with some news. Uh, first up, uh, we have uh, the the very sad passing. We have to say goodbye to a bit of a legend, really, from the, the whole of Star Wars. Peter Mayhew sadly passed away in his home in Texas. Uh, this was last week, and uh, it sent ripples right through the Star Wars community and everyone involved, really. So... Um, yeah, a real sad time. Amongst all of the cool news that we're getting through, it was just that little moment of, oh no, not Peter, not Peter. Because I thought, it, even though he's had health problems, I honestly thought he was going to be around for a bit longer. But yeah, sad times, man. It is, it is. It was very sad to see that. And, you know, it was um, it was particularly kind of touching to see. He was supposed to be at an event this week, at a con somewhere. I don't know where it was. I forget, but he was supposed to be there in the, you know, very, very poignantly left out all the, you know, the, the, the kind of booth setup that he had. They left out all of the um, the signage for him and, and put up some nice tributes so people could come and sign a book for his family. And I just thought that was really poignant and very, very nice and just such a nice send-off for someone that's been such a part of um, the, the whole law, you know, almost, well, in fact, from day one. It's not almost from day one. It is from day one. Um and and the fact that he was still, I, th- I think he even did Chewie in the Force Awakens, didn't it? it was only, yeah, was it only yeah. the last Jedi and um, Solo that he didn't play Chewie in, which is really admirable, really admirable. So yeah, thank you for uh, thank you for that, Mister Mayhew. Yeah, it's also uh, a a bit of a crushing blow because I went to London Film and Comic Con Spring in uh, London, which was uh, like a smaller event to their large, it's by a showmasters and they do a big Comic-Con in July. But they did this one called the Spring Version, which was meant to be a smaller lead up, but it was actually same size. And I remember saying to a friend of mine I was going with, I really want to meet Peter Mayhew because he was there. Because I, and, and these words came out of my mouth because he might not be at the next one. And I didn't, I just, you know, schedules what it was and running around because Comic-Cons are hectic and all that stuff. I just didn't get a chance to, and it's such a regret of mine because I would have loved to have met, even just to say hello before he before he um, he passed away. So, yeah, thank you very, like you said, thank you so much for all of the, the memories, essentially. it's He's just Chewy. Isn't, I know there's a younger guy who's playing Chewy now, but he's the guy that set up the mannerisms and the, you know, all that stuff with no speech at all. He managed to put so much life and, and character into that into that character. So yeah, say goodbye to Peter. Uh, in other news, big, big news. We didn't know what was going to happen after the rise of Skywalker. Was that going to be it for Star Wars? Were they going to rest on that 
and then just carry on with the, the spin-offs and whatnot. But no, the uh, the the writers that we've heard over the last six months or so, who are writing new trilogies and so on, have been confirmed. So from what is it, twenty twenty two, I think, there's going to be the kickoff of a new trilogy of Star Wars films. Like these are the mainstream Star Wars films, so none of the spin-offs or anything like that. And uh, it was. A bit of a surprise, I must admit, because I thought that they would announce these next year. So I thought they would have got all of the Rise of Skywalker, all of the Skywalker stuff essentially done and dusted. Let the dust settle a little bit and then kick off with this new era. But are you excited about these, dude? Because we don't know too much about them yet. It's interesting. It's definitely interesting. When you look at the release schedule, so this was kind of a Disney level. Was it? I don't know if it was a Disney call, um, but it was definitely a Disney thing um, where you got a, a couple of a couple of different kind of um, franchises rocking and rolling. So you kind of got Star Wars, obviously Rise of Skywalker in 19. Then in 20, they announced um, a couple of Marvel movies, 21 Marvel movies, plus an Indiana Jones movie, which was interesting. Um and then you've got 22, 24, 26, like you said, the trilogy of Star Wars, plus Marvel every year in there as well. And then Avatar 2, 3, 4, 5. So you can, this was a part of a huge, huge announcement. Um, so I think it surprises me. I, well, I'm a little bit less surprised about them bringing it back so quickly. Because I, I think three years, if you think about it, you know, you had kind of 2012 was the end of the Nolan Dark Knight trilogy. And then 2015, 2016, you'd start to get things like Batman, Superman. Um, it feels like when you look at Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, and then you've got um, you've got Tom Holland, it feels like that's a pretty, pretty standard kind of rest period is, is two or three years now, which, you know, in, in even 10 years ago, that was unheard of. It was, it was significantly more than that. So I'm not, I'm not overly surprised. Um, I'm interested to find out if it's the Ryan Johnson trilogy based on what happened with the last Jedi and the <laughs> fact it divided everyone. Um, you know, how much has he still got? I, I know there's a couple of, uh, if you got, um, Weiss and Benioff, the guys from Game of Thrones, are they getting involved with a, a Star Wars film or three? Um, so I'm interested to see what it is, what they do with it, how they will, interestingly kind of toe the line um between fan service and generating a new new a new legacy that maybe isn't anything or doesn't even touch on the skywalkers because we all know how badly solo was was received even <laughs> though when you watch it again it's not actually that bad a film um that's all right it, it was almost just a bit unneeded solo wasn't it i think that was just the point of it you lost a bit of the mystique from lando and han because you like it's almost stuff that didn't need to be seen mm -hmm. um so I just wonder, you know, what's the appetite for people when they're not seeing a Luke Skywalker or a Solo or a Princess Leia and a, and a Chewie and a C-3PO and a R2-D2 and I don't know. It's interesting, man. I'm curious about it. What's, what's your gut tell you? Where do you think they'll go with it? I think they're going to go like back in time. It feels to me that's a good place to visit because some of the earlier video games, uh, what are they called? Uh, right, what are the um, oh the Knights of the Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic, and then that online multiplayer one that was I think that went yeah. back even further. I think there's a whole the, the whole uh, creation of the Sith and the Jedi Knights back in the day and and all that jazz. I think that's a really good era to explore in the films. I'm particularly interested in the collapse of the Sith. Mm -hmm. That seems really good. So years like thousands of years before, so thousands BBY way back there was like a massive war wasn't there like thousands of jedis thousands of siths legging around and cutting each other up and it all whittled down to that one the jedi basically won to a degree and it came down to that one sith lord who was left and he created the rule of two always a master and apprentice so i'd love to see how that all takes place and how they can do that in films um, but they might do one of each i think ryan johnson might take care of that time period and then weiss and benioff might do in the future so maybe a few hundred years after uh, the rise of skywalker that time period but my gut tells me the old republic stuff is in the mix somewhere could be yeah i wouldn't disagree with that dude and i, I i'm interested to see i like what you said there about kind of topping and tailing everything that we've seen before um there's always that big fan call for uh 
Keanu Reeves as Darth Reaven. Maybe we'll get that. But then there's a whole... <laughs> Darth Wick. Um, Darth Wick. <laughs> Darth Wick. I tell you what, I think a galaxy far, far away, if John Wick existed in that, there wouldn't be anything except John Wick because that guy's that tough. <laughs> um, wouldn't even need a lightsaber. All he needs is like a dog and a gun. But <laughs> I think there's like... It makes me wonder about that kind of follow-up. Mm. You know, I like what you're saying there about, you know, do, 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 they, do they project into the future a little bit? And what interests me with that is... The ability to um, kind of build on 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 one of the real positives from the Last Jedi for me, which was the creation of the legend of Luke Skywalker and the mystique being brought back in of the Jedi. You know, facing down this First Order single handedly, and and the, the the fact that obviously no one knew that it was a projection, and and, and as you said last last time on on the last episode, you got the kid at the end. Where he'd, uh, he'd, you know, he'd use the the force to to grab the the broom, and you think to yourself, actually, that is the basis of a new legend. How far can that be used? How far can it be extrapolated? Because the the power of of the Skywalker mythology, just because it's not a Skywalker film, has to be felt mm-hmm. throughout the entire the entire galaxy. Um, and also, the unknown, of course, is in the Rise of Skywalker. You've got Palpatine. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about it being you know, possession and clones and um, like the possession angle kind of bores me a little bit. I hope it's not that. And But it just it just becomes quite interesting then when you think about, okay, they've planted these seeds of legend because, you know, we've always talked about in the films legends of Darth Plagueis and the legends of um, the, the, the old Jedi, like you said, the thousands of Jedi millennia ago and the, the old wars, you know, it's, this is the new legend. So what are they going to do with it? That interests me a little bit. That I think right. there's something cool there. Hmm. There's lots of potential for sure. I just really hope that they, because there's a story group that's run by Lucasfilm, isn't there? There's a bunch of people mm-hmm. and they all control the canon and the timeline and everything and make sure it's all coherent and there's no continua, con, continuity continuity errors. So I hope that they, those guys are, are strapped in and ready because if they're going to produce another uh, trilogy of films and another trilogy by different writers that's potentially going to get messy as well so yeah it's exciting though but three years it is. yeah three years it's not that it's what not do that you long. think they're going to do with uh ahsoka and and uh harrison duller and the kid kanan's kid and ezra and thrawn like the whole rebels clan who are really well-formed characters at this point what the hell are they going to do with those are they going to do anything yeah I wouldn't have thought so. I wouldn't have thought so, mate. They'll probably they'll probably leave that stuff for for books and comics and you think? potentially video games. Yeah, I don't think they're going to make an appearance in the movies. No, I don't think so. It'd be too much of a jump, wouldn't it? But do you think they'll do? Do you think they will do anything to bring them back in any kind of guise? Do you think they're going to revisit that story? Absolutely. Yeah, I think this time in ten years we'll look back and there'll be three or four books about that era and those guys and all that stuff. So I think they definitely will, but just not mainstream. I think so, anyway. Yeah. I don't think you're wrong there, dude. I don't think you're wrong. Um, so the next bit of news is the EA Star Wars games. EA dropping 12 Star Wars games into the EA Origin Access Vault, um, where you can you can basically just subscribe and play via EA's subscription service to 12 Star Wars games. Um, so a quick list of the games. You've got Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy. You've got the classic Battlefront 2, the original Battlefront 2, uh, which was outstanding. You've got Republic Commando, Rogue Squadron 3D, which everyone loved. Dark Forces, Shadows of the Empire, X-Wing Alliance, which I think everyone loved as well. Um, Jedi Knight, Mass Mistress of the Sith, Galactic, Galactic Battleground, Starfighter, Rebellion, and one that was awesome, Episode 1 Racer. <laughs> Which actually was a really decent game. Um, the pod racing <laughs> was, was one, yeah. of, one of the, the good things to come out of episode one. Um, and they also confirmed Fallen Order was going to reveal some gameplay um, at their at their event mm. at EA Play, which I'm really excited about. Um, so yeah, well, I mean, did you play any of those games? Were you a big gamer back in that kind of era? Yeah. Yeah, but I used to be a PC gamer back in the day. Oof. So I remember having most of these so oh, x-wing alliance and starfighter were really good jedi knight so they haven't got a couple of them on here so i was hoping to have jedi knight 2 
Uh, so I think that's part of the, no, is it Dark Forces? Yeah, Dark Forces. And then you had Dark Forces, Jedi Knight, something like that. Uh, that was a really cool character called Kyle Katarn, who was in those Jedi Knight. And he was basically a, a, a guy that sort of defected over to the rebellion or the resistance and the rebellion. And he's a force user. So he ends up being trained by Luke Skywalker and gets a lightsaber and all that stuff. And they were really, really good. I remember spending hours and hours on those. But some of these are really good. Shadows of the Empire was a good one. I remember that being quite popular. And obviously the pod racing episode one <laughs> race was all good. So yeah, I've played probably uh, six or seven off the list there. Oh, Republic Commando was good. That was like a squad-based like a ghost recon type of game. You played like this elite stormtroopery or clone. I think it was storm or clone troopers. I can't remember exactly. It was years ago now. I remember that being very, very good. Uh, so though, yeah, I'm looking forward to those like replaying them just for nostalgia. And then the fallen order gameplay is going to be, I think that's going to be the event that will be make or break for that game. Because I believe that the trailer that they showed at Celebration had no gameplay at all. It was all just pre, pre-built CG and and all that stuff. It was essentially a long cutscene. So there's been this massive debate, hasn't there? Because there was a really good sounding Star Wars game in development that EA canned. It was going to, I think, it was made by one of the writers from the the Uncharted series. And it was going to be in a similar guise. So a really big narrative-driven story mode. No multiplayer stuff like Battlefront 2. Like a really big story. Like Drake's Fortune, that, that kind of thing. But that was canned because EA believed that there just wasn't enough money because they couldn't exploit loot crates and, and all that jazz that you do in multiplayer games. So they've kind of gone, they've backtracked a little bit due to some fan backlash. So I'd be really interested to see how the gameplay and how the world is in this game. Because if it's just a five-hour story mode with nothing in it, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to dive even before it's come out. So they really need to tease some of the... Because the, obviously there's a, a linear story as you play through the game. But it relies heavily on the story itself. But it'd be interesting to see what they do alongside that. I'm trying to think of... Uh, there was the the Spider-Man game that was released by Insomniac Games for PlayStation. Mm-hmm. They did that really well. So that was a linear, no, no multiplayer, just a linear story-driven mode. But then you had all this extra stuff that you did around that that kept you busy, plus some DLC and stuff. So if they can go down that road, that would be really good because that was really successful, that Spider-Man game, with no multiplayer at all. So, yeah. Yeah, the um, the Spider Man game was outstanding. They're, they're, they've done a really good job of of the world with that. Like you can get lost in that. It's almost like a Grand Theft Auto where you don't, you know, you can play the linear story mode, or you can have twenty minutes blasting, just going through and doing, you know, whatever, swinging through through the city, or you can go out and complete some mini missions. And I agree, having something in the Star Wars galaxy that is that is of that ilk would be would be really really interesting because you could. Um, what I love about games is when you can have a good session on it, two or three hours, or you can just smash out a 20 minute and mm-hmm. for, for the same game to be able to tick both those boxes, I think is vital when there's no multiplayer. So I would agree with that, dude. I think that's, uh, I think that's a fair summary. Indeedy. Indeedy. What else we got, dude? Well, the last part of the news is just an absolute mind blower. So there's a, a, a company called <laughs> Scene38 and uh, they're a YouTube set of peeps and a, a couple of years ago they teased that they were remaking with cgi the original vader v obi-wan showdown from a new hope and basically bring into it the prequel trilogy style of of fighting so you you know if you look back obviously a new hope it's much more around it's based on fencing it's based on the old kind of style of fencing um which was the reference point at that point and the appetite from the audience was for that kind of thing plus you've got you know you've got a vader in his mid 40s you've got an anakin in his in his assumed late 50s early 60s um it was a much steadier pace Mm -hmm. But then obviously Lucas came around, CGI got better and he brought us this style of lightsaber that we're used to. And we've seen it in The Last Jedi, we've seen it in The Force Awakens. 
So they remade this, the the original classic Obi-Wan and Vader showdown with the new style lightsaber techniques and, and the force as we know it. And it is absolutely mind-blowing. <laughs> it is abs- like there's everything that you want to see in there from um, you've got you've got all the force pushes in there. You've got Vader throwing down with Obi-Wan and smashing him right down a corridor using the force. You've got Obi-Wan trying the same and Vader being strong enough to kind of push back um, and, and maintain his stance. You've got, you've even got one part with Vader where he is, um, he, he faces off with Obi-Wan and he's kind of got the his stalemate with lightsabers and he, he, he concedes that bit only to, he kind of force punches Obi-Wan. So he punches him but he's not, it doesn't strike him with his hand. It's the force from like a meter out that, that, that gives him a, a right hook. And then at the end, he, um, as, as, as Obi-Wan saying to Luke, you know, from, from, from the force, you know, run Luke, run. Vader hears that and taps into that and he's able to understand that Kenobi has ascended to a different plane. And it, it dude, it is, it is outstanding. I'm sure, obviously I know you've watched it, but holy isn't it absolutely stunning? It's amazing, really, because the the film aside, it's just amazing that people are still making this stuff for a really old, let's be honest, quite an old film now. And uh, it, it, it's just, I, I think the whole fan-made thing and fan films and, and all that stuff in general, it I don't think it's ever going to go away. And I'm especially for the original trilogy, because it, it, don't get me wrong, it has a certain charm about it, and it's my favourite era from Star Wars. But in terms of, I think you hit the nail on the head, trying to bring that prequel style of lightsaber battle and stuff into these newer, oh sorry, into the old films, it definitely has an appeal, because I would never for one second want these older films to be remade, that's for sure. But if fans can like have a mess around and do this stuff, it just goes to show that the appetite is there. You know, even these old films, they want to, in their minds, not improve, but they want to add their own spin on it and so on. And just the quality is is amazing. You, you would, it's not Lucasfilm or ILM quality, but it's not far off for sure. And just some of the, like I'm watching it now as I'm talking to you. I've got it, uh, I've got it on, and just some of the. The, the way that they superimpose Alec Guinness's face on the, the the guy who's doing the Obi-Wan stuff, that doesn't look too bad at all. And then it doesn't matter with Vader because he's in a costume. Uh, but just the the choreography and just the intensity and stuff. If if they if Lucas had tried to have done this stuff back then, it I don't know how that would have looked. It just would have been an extended fencing show, like you said, really. Uh, so yeah, I I love stuff like this. I love it when fans just decide, you know what, I'm going to make a really cool fan film, and I'm going to put it right in with the uh, with the um, the original trilogy stuff. It's a similar way that you know the YouTuber Star Wars theory. Mm-hmm. His really cool Vader fan film that was out a few months ago. It's that kind of stuff, isn't it? It, 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 it the original Star Wars lore is just never going to die. There's always going to be fans to to do that stuff. And it is, it's, it's outstanding. I can't believe, I don't know how much money it costs to do. Maybe they're like experts in after effects and all that jazz, but it's just amazing, dude. Love it. It's nuts. It's one of those where, honestly, you know, we, we, we chastise Lucas for, for upgrading and, and tweaking the originals and, you know, there's some good, there's a heck of a lot of not so good. And this is one of those where, honestly, yeah, you're right. It's not ILM. It's not Lucasfilm quality, but you're right. It's maybe 10% off, you know, and it's, it's some of the depth and some of the depth of field on it. There's some of the, um, a couple of the frames with the, um, the, the kind of the, the transposing of the faces, and it, but it's tiny. It's, it's degrees of separation. It's not, it's not a huge difference. And this is one of those things that genuinely, like you said, without, I would much rather see a version of this cut into a new hope than them even consider a new year, a new hope, you know, if it, remaking a new hope, if it mm. was sort of a, we're going to remake it or we're going to recut it and release it for the appetite of this more modern, um, more violence accepting, more sensationalist audience, I would take that insertion 
over a remake every single day of the week because it is that it doesn't try to change anything. It just brings certain bits of it up to meet the appetite of a, of, of a newer audience. And I, yeah, dude, I mean, I can't imagine the world's gone into that. It's nuts, isn't it? Completely so nuts, good. If you've not seen it, um, we'll stick a link in the show notes to everything that we've talked about today, actually. Uh, we'll pop a link in there. But just right now, just stop what you're doing. Pause this show, go to YouTube and search for Scene 38 and it will come up first. And it's got like, what, 2.1, 2.2 million views, I think, at this point. So yeah, go and check it out. Yes, good, good stuff from the fans. Uh, moving on to, uh, before we get on to, sorry, our uh, discussion segment, uh, for this week. Uh, where can people find us out on the interwebs, dude? So if you just do a search on anything, actually, just for Spark of Rebellion, you'll find us, we've got different usernames across various items. But if you do just literally search for, on Instagram, search for Spark of Rebellion. On, on Twitter, search for Spark of Rebellion. That's the easiest way to find us. And if you want some exec producer credit on the show, if you want some exclusive swag, if you want a Spark of Rebellion sticker, we're going to get some mugs out there. If you want to come on the show, if you want to suggest the random spotlight, if you want to get involved and support the show, go and check out patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion and you can become a supporter of the show and you can choose your rank. Do you want to be a Padawan? Do you want to be a Jedi master? Do you want to be a grandmaster and get that exec producer credit? So check it out, patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. So what's the discussion, my man? You said this may be divisive earlier on. So what are we going to dig into for five on, 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 on the Star Wars kind of... Uh, Star Wars news list. So up for discussion this week, my man, is the uh, news that J.J. Abrams put out there in a recent interview that George Lucas was involved on the story for the upcoming The Rise of Skywalker. And the reason I, the reason I say this is devices is because there's a, there's a, a very definite split in fandom on how people viewed George Lucas and his involvement in Star Wars. And it's all come from the, it all comes from the, the arguably the tarnished original trilogy movies when they were re-released with the extra effects and the cleanups and the horrendous color grading and some of the sharpening and the, you know, the Han shot first and then he didn't and all. So he's, he's really divided fans from that moment, really over the years so whenever you hear about George Lucas being involved in, in anything that Lucasfilm is doing, you've got one side of fandom that's like, oh, cool, cool. You know, the creator is getting involved. That's not a bad thing. But then you've got the other side that's like, oh, crikey. Oh, no. Not Lucas. Not Lucas being involved. So it's come to light, yeah, that, uh, that Abrams said that, you know, this particular movie had a, a very, very big challenge ahead of it because not only is it a sequel that has to ride the coattails of the not so greatly received the last jedi but it's also got the responsibility of wrapping up literally everything so this is not like return of the jedi or the uh, revenge of the sith this is the one that has to wrap up nine films it has to wrap up literally everything in one go so it turns out that uh, Abrams and the other writers and producers before they kicked off writing the script for The Rise of Skywalker they met with George Lucas and I assume that he gave his thoughts on what the ideas that they had at that point what he thought about the characters and where they should end up and all that jazz and whether they took that on board or not who knows but he, they certainly had a meeting with him and because I think they did the same thing because I know he was whether he was involved creatively on The Mandalorian, we're not sure, but there's been photos of him on the set when they were making that. So he does still have input. I remember when when Disney bought out Lucasfilm, if memory serves, he did stay on as like a creative assistant or a creative influencer or something like that to do with Star Wars. And I know that he was definitely influencing um, Star Wars Rebels and stuff because he works really closely with Dave Filoni. So... I know that he still knocks about. He probably just pops up like, you know, when they're doing stuff, he's like, <laughs> you know, have you thought about this and stuff? But whether they tell him to piss off or not, I've no idea. But 
What's your view on, on Mr. Lucas then? Is this cool in your view that he's potentially advised on this stuff or you're not bothered? It's a funny one. Um, so I'm kind of, yeah, I get the whole um, remastering and the, the change in the story of Han and, uh, you know, I, I get I get his past sins completely. But it's his thing. <laughs> it's, you know, let him do it. He's created it. You know, I do think you've got a duty of care to, to, to the fans because you've ultimately created something that the fandom has adopted. But it is, you know, he created this thing. So I'm kind of like, well, we'll give him a little bit of leeway. You can tinker if you want. You can kind of tinker with it. But don't, like, just don't do it for the sake of it, which is what he did in the past. Um, I think Lucas is, is terrible at, and we know this, terrible at execution of dialogue and script. But he's really, is interesting to me in terms of vision. And, you know, if you look at the prequels as one story and then plug them into the original trilogy as, as the next chapter of one story, actually the overarching story is excellent. It's just the execution of certain chapters of it are not as good as they could be. Mm -hmm. So in terms of a visionary, I think it's interesting. And what what really piques my interest further is that the the the, the the problem that people had with The Last Jedi was essentially largely focused around Skywalker's arc and, and the way that that was delivered. And even in The Force Awakens, I understood why Abrams did it in The Force Awakens. You get Luke Skywalker coming in in Act 2 and he's too big a deal and he, he, doesn't, he doesn't allow you to build a world around your new characters because everyone is like, well, hey, guess who's back? He's the big guy and everyone's just interested in seeing that. Um, so I kind of, I do understand that. But I think this will go, because it's J.J. Abrams as well, who is basically Mr. Fan Service, which is <laughs> definitely not a bad thing. I, I do think that that is probably where the influence came from. Like, okay, this is the mythology of the Force. Let's figure this out with Lucas, because he is the one that kind of had that vision. He's the one that created the wills that have barely been touched. He's the one that envisaged this whole force scenario. He's the one that created the overall act for Skywalker and the, the family Skywalker. So I I just think it's it's probably that that they've got him involved in, you know, not the newer stuff, not the post stuff, not the Ray stuff. Um, probably just that, okay, how do we nicely wrap up Skywalker in a satisfactory narrative way that satisfies the core fans but gives us something that is not contrived, you know, and that is, that's probably where he's consulted in my opinion, which I'm, I'm not against that at all. I think it, honestly, I think it probably needed that. Um, because I do think that people were expecting something different for Skywalker. Um, and in The Last Jedi, I was, I was completely all right with them taking a load of risks after I'd watched it two or three times because I was like, you know what, actually, what they've done with this is they've created, like we said earlier, they've created a legend. Mm -hmm. And I actually quite like that. But I think this is all about fan service. That's that's my gut feeling on it. In a similar vein to The Force Awakens, you mean? Quite fan service yeah. right? And the fan service from The Force Awakens was interesting because there's two ways to look at that one in my view. There's the whole, well, it's the same film as A New Hope. And actually... There's the, huh, it's the same film as A New Hope because, of course, these guys are essentially neo-Nazis that are doing the exact same thing that the Empire was trying to do, albeit with with um, far greater resources from the unknown regions. It's all part of Palpatine's plan. Like, it's not, it's not a bad thing if you look at it through the lens of, of course, they're going to be like the Empire and try to do the things that the Empire tried to do because guess what? they're the empire and this was this is the way that factions exist and have always existed in history and in wars and um you know you, if you look at any any conflict on earth right now it was preceded by a slightly different or a slightly more muted variation of of the movements that we've got now so you know you look at any kind of country that's in turmoil 20 years ago it was probably in the same position but with slightly different parameters, and that's all that was. And that, that interested me, again, that interested me, the fact that um, the First Order just came back and just just were just like, well, guess who's back? It's the Empire, but we're really big and we're really brutal, and look, at you cannot possibly stop this thing. So I didn't mind that, and I think that's a hallmark of Abrams, and I think that 
is what we'll start to see more of in the Rise of Skywalker. But with that Ryan Johnson thread of, we should probably do something a bit different, which I've got a feeling it will be the best one of the three by a significant shot because it's got to wrap up all the stories. Um, so that, that that's what I think. That's what my gut tells me. Yeah, I I completely agree with you, mate. I think it will be the best one of the three because it will hopefully have the amalgamation of the first two, that middle ground. Like you said, you've got the fan servicey stuff from Abrams, but then you've also got that, well, we can't just do, I'm not suggesting they said this, but they, you know, they can't just do Return of the Jedi or Avenger. You know, they can't just copy that like they did with The Force Awakens and A New Hope. So they have to do some new stuff, which I'm sure they will. But it's just, and I'm loving the fact that they've got a load of unanswered questions as well. So is Palpatine actually going to be in it? Is Skywalker going to be in it in some shape or form? Is Yoda going to be back? Who's Rey, really? Or are they just going to leave that to your own imagination and she's really a, a nobody or is she significant? And what's going to happen with Kylo? And all this? I love the fact that the trailer says a lot, but it says nothing, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. But in terms of Lucas' involvement, I mean, I personally, it's one of those things where I'm I'm a huge fan of George Lucas because like it or or hate it, he's the guy. You know, he's the guy that all it just came out of his big old brain, didn't it? Everything, well, a lot to do with Star Wars. Obviously, it all came out of his of his brain. And another thing to remember as well is where it concerns the the um, the special editions and all that stuff. It, they're still independent films. You have to remember that, even though they've made billions of dollars, they're still they're not owned by a you know, a corporation, well, outside of Lucasfilm, they're still independent. He's had nothing to do with the the system, quote-unquote, for donkey's years. Lucasfilm's independent. So, you know, they can do whatever the hell they want with those films and stuff, and we just have to tear it apart for years. <laughs> it's just... It he puts the framework in for us, doesn't he? You know, he's a guy that is kindly and benevolently given us a, a mythos that we can all embrace and, you know, made a shit ton of money from it. But um, he has done it in such a way that, like the Star Wars theory guy, you know, that he got chastised and got a cease and desist. But Lucasfilm stepped in. Yeah. And like he didn't, they, they don't need to do that. They don't need to do that. They're not making any money from it. And that is, I agree with you on that. He, 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 it's come from his big old bonds and it is, it's very useful to operate within a framework that, that you can pull around and you can add things to and you can take things away from. But that ultimately you've got that kind of true north where you can say, actually, what are the far boundaries of any given thing in the Star Wars universe? Okay, what? Because otherwise the force, for example, could just be anything that you needed to tell in a story, no matter how far-fetched, you could just throw the force in as a bit of a MacGuffin and just say, well, this is the force at work and <laughs> it's the force that gives you this power and it's the force. And I know they've kind of done that to a small degree, but to operate within the parameters of, of someone's mind and say, well, actually, no, the force, is, the force operates like this. It can't, even though you want that to happen in your story, the force doesn't allow that to happen. And I think he probably acts as that little bit of a, as a, bit of a true north on that. Uh, so in terms of characters as well, it's because he created Luke, he knows the other filmmakers do as well, but he's, he's like his son in a, in a way. Mm -hmm. So he, he knows the deal. So when JJ's thinking, actually, let's do this with the character, he's like, no, 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 no. Don't yeah. forget, you know, I'm, I'm the daddy. Don't cross and that's me. the thing with The Last Jedi, like everyone <laughs> kicked off with that one. Like Luke wouldn't go into seclusion and he wouldn't cut himself off from the force. Like he probably would because he's that, he's a bit Captain America. You know, he's that, he's that kind of benevolent and that philosophical and that um, kind and philanthropic that he would much rather remove the risk of himself or the risk of all the crap that had happened for the 30, 40, 50 years preceding it happening again mm -hmm. because of his own lack of willpower. He would much rather just cut that off and just, you know, him, himself take the burden of just living in seclusion. He's a bit Captain America with it, you know, because he would, he would fall on his sword rather than use the, for something, use the sword for something else. And I thought that was a really interesting shift in The Last Jedi because we expected him to come out as this big, badass, 
we lightsaber wielding ass kicking kind of person and he displayed that power in a much more controlled yet much more impressive way um you know when they threw in the whole with kylo saying to project yourself for even just a minute would 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 kill you um and and you see that luke did it for such a long time with such success that's that's the true power of it and i think you're right i think that's where lucas comes in and says actually do you know what he probably would go into seclusion because otherwise he's the greatest risk of it all happening again you know because he's got his father in him there you go it all came out of lucas's brain Love all that stuff. But uh, yeah, interesting dude. I can just imagine JJ saying something and Lucas just does this sort of long stare. And everyone's like, I think everyone's like, oh no, you said that. You done it. Yeah. But yeah. I can't believe you did that, JJ. We talked about that. We don't. <laughs> yeah, what did don't, you do that for? But like Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory, you have to be really careful about how yeah. you say things and stuff. Before it kicks off. <laughs> get back to Star Trek. No, Kathleen, I'm not. I'm staying. Go back to Star Trek. We'll get. No, we've got this. <laughs> or maybe Lucas just absolutely flips out, like just lobs his coffee across the room and storms out for a minute. And I like, imagine he like <laughs> he throws his R two D two cup at JJ. <laughs> And he's just like, I, I, do you know what? I've got a thousand of them. I'm going to keep throwing these cups until you say sorry. Yeah, he's like 20% bitch. 20%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and everyone's like, come on, we expected this. We knew this was going to happen at least once. Let's just oh, calm that's down. Genius. That's <laughs> definitely like a sketch that's going to end up on YouTube from someone that's like, is one of the big, big bang theories, like they walk into George Lucas by accident and, uh, <laughs> you know, end up end up getting into a tiff with him and, uh, yeah, and Sheldon gets gets banged on the head with an R2-D2 cup. That, that definitely is going to happen at some point. No, oh, that's brilliant. No, he's like, yeah, I've got a thousand of these, so I can keep throwing them all day, man. Just I can up. do this all day, Sheldon. <laughs> oh, God. So there we go. I love it, dude. There we go. That's Lucas's uh, involvement we don't know how much or how little but he certainly had he, he's had his finger in the pie so to speak <laughs> yes he has and speaking of uh, fingers in pies we've got uh, the random spotlight he's uh, someone whose name alludes to putting things in things it's mr <laughs> bones i can see you cracking up at that one it's mr bones um you familiar with mr bones you probably it's from the book so this is kind of um it's kind of the more um, the literary realm. Have you uh, have you done much with Mr. Bond? Uh, I know the name. Okay. I, I've heard of the droid and the name and stuff, but I don't know where, I don't know his origin or, or, or what he does. So hit me, man. It's, it's an interesting one. So he's from Chuck Wendig's um, Aftermath trilogy. So this is a trilogy that features um, the Wexley family um, and, and, and features... Um, Grand Admiral Sloan, it features, um, who's the guy, the, uh, the Palpatine's right-hand man, I forget his name, the blue guy, I forget his name. Thrawn? Uh, no, not Thrawn, hmm. the other guy, the guy that's next to him in the Senate, and he's kind oh, of his right-hand man. Mass Ameda, oh, um, yeah. that's the guy. So it features him, it features um, Mon Mothma, it features Leia, and it's basically almost immediately after Return of the Jedi and leads up to, the trilogy leads up to the Battle of Jakku. Um, so it's a really nice um, tie into absolutely everything. It ties into Battlefront because on Jakku you've got this observatory where Palpatine's been storing stuff, which of course we found Luke, Luke Skywalker found another one with Dell um, in Battlefront. There was two observatories. Um, and it, it basically transpires that the whole plan was to um, get to this Battle of Jakku where the Empire's last stand was would, would crush what is at that point or, or is, is, is just becoming or has just become the new Galactic Republic and the new Senate and the, the Empire would strike back again and it would it would crush them and that would be the end of it. Okay. But, and it's the implementation, Masameda's implementation um, of Palpatine's plans where Palpatine had laid down these plans for the Empire to then retreat into the unknown regions, which we assume is on the basis of what Thrawn tells him and teaches him, so that they can come back, you know, probably having found Snoke, um, and they can come back as the First Order. So it's all part of this plan. So running alongside that, you've got this kid, Temin Wexley, Snap Wexley, who... He basically is a is a junk trader, is a is a kind of just a, a kind of a scrap metal trader on this backwater planet whose mum 
um, is uh, is and was part of the original rebellion and left him at age whatever seven to fend for himself. And the only person to look after him, or the only thing to look after him, was this repurposed B1 from the Clone Wars B1 battle droid, which he then called Mr. Bones, and he enhanced it, he um, gave it weapons, he, he made it, um, he opened up its mind a little bit so it could learn, and it could speak, and it would protect Temin at all, at all junctures. So he's just this real badass droid, like a badass droid, like sp- just pure decimation, you know, he'd kind of taken off the limiter of what a B1 battle droid can do. So remember, these are the guys, the B1 battle droids are the guys, uh, you know, the Roger, 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 you know, it's those guys. That's it. Um, So so he's just this really kick-ass droid. Um, And then Temin Wexley is the guy played by Greg Grunberg, which is J.J. Abrams' mate. He's one of the X-Wing pilots in The Resistance, in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. So he's the guy from Heroes that played Matt Partman in Heroes. Oh, yeah. Um, it's him, and he's the grown-up Temin Wexley. So the story is fantastic. Um, the Aftermath trilogy is superb. It's highly recommended. <clears throat> but this droid is just like one of the most badass droids in the whole of the Star Wars universe for me. Um because it sounds really bad, but the level of <laughs> violence that he's willing to go to in order to protect like Temin and Snap and, and, and the other kind of, they've got a bounty hunter with them and a few other ple- people. Um, it's, it's so well done. You just think, yeah, this is good. Like we've got, we've seen C3PO, we've seen K2SO, we've seen uh, R2D2, but none of them have been these like Terminator style protectors. And Mr. Bones is that. So, yeah, I think he's brilliant. I think he's a really good character. So does that have shades of of Anakin then? Because that sounds very similar to Anakin's origin story where he's on a backwater planet and he builds C-3PO, the droid, and his mum's not... They're slaves, aren't they, on, mm-hmm. on Tatooine? So that seems like a similar, not intentional, but a similar kind of formula that seems to work well within Star Wars. Yeah, it is essentially. It's a similar kind of uh, formula where you know his mum had left to be part of the resistance. His dad is um, is presumed dead, and and you kind of got this this kid just thrust into it. But he does a lot of trading with the underworld. He does a lot of trading with gangsters. He, you know, he'll double cross gangsters. He's got no problem double crossing these gangsters at age fourteen. Um, and it, and it explores the relationship when his mum returns after the Battle of Endor, and she finally she's back and she's able to kind of be his mother again. It's that whole well, you left me. You know, you, you don't get the right to do this because I'm a, I'm a snarky teenager, but you did leave me. So you've got all this playing into it. You've got Leia coming of age a little bit more. You've got um, the, 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 the handover of the treaties, you know, the peace accords between the Empire and the New Galactic Senate and the Republic. Um, and just so many moving parts to this trilogy. It's really, really interesting. But like I said, Mr. Bones is just this thread that runs through it all. And he's always, he's almost, he's not a MacGuffin, but he's almost that like, you know, when, when you need someone to save you, the whole Superman syndrome, you know, it's almost like, then the last sentence of the paragraph is then, and then suddenly there was a flurry and it looked like a droid and he was taking all the stormtroopers out. And you're like, wait a sec, that's, uh, guess who's back? Mr. Burns again. Um, so they're just, they've given him this brutality that allows them to just escape all manner of things that they wouldn't ordinarily get out of. Um, and I, I can't think of anything else in the Star Wars universe in terms of the content that is <laughs> that is that brutal, where they'll they'll just use him as a, okay, there's 50 stormtroopers, let's just kill them all. <laughs> um, you know, I can't think of anything else quite like that. No, it sounds interesting. I think it, in the books, it's a, it's the perfect place to have characters like that. Because in the films, they have to be careful with the message that they're putting across because mm-hmm. a lot of kids watch it and so on. I'm not saying kids don't read, but, the, you know, the books is a, a bit more of a, you can expand on on what's going on. But uh, he ended up meeting meeting his doom on Jakku, right? Did he get wiped out in friendly fire, I've read? Yeah, it was it was it was sort of a everyone thought it was wiped out. It kind of gets dismantled two or three times. But yeah, he meets his 
end at the Battle of Jakku, which is where Temin and, and, and the resistance, or what will soon be the resistance, uh, is is starting to form quite nascently um, in taking down the Empire. So yeah, you get this whole storyline about his mum having a relationship with Wedge, and then you've kind of got um, a few, you've got some interesting mind control things in that, you know, when you, when you, dig into that trilogy a little bit more, you, you start to realise that the, the Emperor Masameda and, and Sloan and the kind of admirals, they were kind of experimenting with mind control a little bit um, to, to, to kind of obviously to just firm up their grasp over the galaxy. So yeah, he met his demise on Jakku, which is essentially where that trilogy ends. Um, so they've, they've given him a really nice lifespan. You know, he exists for the life of that trilogy and anything in that time frame that crosses over with it, he will exist therein, but you're right, you know, it's not going to cross over to films. It'll probably never appear in anything at all other than those books, which I think is kind of nice. You know, it, it gives him his little corner, it gives those people a little corner, and then that's it, it's done, it's wrapped, the story's finished. Some tech data for you. Stands at 1.93 metres tall. Is black and red, and the blaster of choice is the E5. Oh, isn't it for everyone? That's my yeah. favourite blaster. Yeah, I think it's a common staple in the firearms department of the Empire and whatever. So why Same not? in Barnsley. You're walking around Barnsley like, mm, which blaster do I take out? <laughs> yeah, there's a <laughs> knife crimes on the rise, along with E5 blaster <laughs> rifle crime. Yeah, exactly. Can you smell Can you smell the protons? Can you, it smells like protons. No, it's definitely a knife, Dave. Definitely a knife. Well, all right. Yeah, yeah, I can taste metal. Can you taste metal in the air? Yeah, and E5's gone off. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, on Rotherham Road, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I'm glad you picked this one, D, because I love these. Uh, I love these little pockets of Star Wars that I haven't read or seen yet. And these, you're very good at the educational side of things. I, I love listening to you wax about these things. It's, uh, so recommended the. I know that I've got two of the aftermath books, but I've not even read them yet. I've had them sitting on the shelf for years. So recommended though. Get into these. Yeah, they're a chunky read, but it's Chuck Wendig. He's he's brilliant. You know, I'm I'm a big Chuck Wendig fan from the DC work that he does, um, and and he did he did a massive work, a lot of work on Nightwing and Robin. In fact, his Robin run is fantastic. Um, and so yeah, anything that's Chuck is is fantastic. And and these ones, I think they're a completely vital reading. And there's a lot of books out there that I love in the Star Wars universe that aren't vital reading. Mm-hmm that are just nice fillers and they'll tell you extra parts of the story, but these are vital in bridging the gap between Jedi and Force Awakens because it does take you right through up to the Battle of Jakku. Um, and the, comp- you know, if we, we don't, we think of the Empire falling at Endor, the, that's just the Emperor falling, you know, and it's the Empire being in disarray. This is the implementation of his long-term plan for if that was to happen. So it, that this is the true end of the Empire. So highly recommended. But they are decent, chunky reads. There's three of them, right? Is there three? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there are. You have to, have to get on those soon. Like I said, they've been on the shelf, but just laziness, man. It's difficult to stay on top of them, though. You know, I'm I'm just constantly blasting through books. Um, I find it, I just find it easier than sitting in front of the TV often. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, if, if you... Uh, if if you if you're of of the mindset to to be able to spend an hour at a time reading, they're going to be good for for getting into. But if it's kind of like a ten minutes at a time, it's going to be a real hard slog. Super duper. So wheat. Oh, that's a wrap, my man. That's been we've been talking for nearly an hour. That's insane. An hour talking about Star Wars. Who'd have thought? <laughs> Who'd it? have thunk it? <laughs> All right, so what we got um, coming up then? Uh, where can people find us on the old Patreon? What, uh, what's the deal with Patreon? On the old Patreon, if you head over to patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion, you'll be able to see all of the details over there on how you can get involved in the show, whether you want to subscribe on lower tier, upper tier, middle. We've got various bits over there. They will give you various amounts of cool stuff, ranging from uh, cool swag We've got stickers. We're going to put some mugs on there at some point. And we're going to go right up to you can get producer credit or executive producer credit on the show, which we will back up at any point on in time, whether in person or over social media. And you can also get your say on what we discuss in the random spotlight and so on. 
You can also check us out over on the usual social media channels. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just do a search for Sparkle Rebellion. You'll find us on there somewhere. And subscribe to the show, obviously, in whatever podcast app uh, of your choice. Uh, our shows go, go out every Saturday. And we will be with you uh, next week for episode six, where we're going to go through whatever news has landed in the Star Wars world at that point, plus our usual uh, review discussion and a random spotlight, which is all going to be fun, fun times. Oh, yeah. And thank you to everyone that supported the launch as well. We launched on May the 4th, which is we're recording this uh, we're just about a week into launch so thank you to everyone that supported us thank you to everyone that gave us very kind feedback on the old twitterings and on the instagrams and i've had a lot of people uh, kind of just commenting in person i was at a podcast meetup last night in manchester and uh, a lot of people were kind of just just enjoying the fact that there was a new star wars show out of the uk so yeah really really impressive that uh, that everyone turned out for us so thank you so much it, it means a lot it's interesting to see people um, listening to something that you just kind of do because you love it, isn't it? It's amazing, yeah. And thank you to our uh, couple of patrons as well. Talking of Patreon, we do have a couple of, of patrons that have already jumped on board, so thank you so much to those guys and supporting the show and everything. We do, yeah. Thank you to Tom. Thank you to Regina. Um, there will be number one, exec producers. Number two, they're going to be getting some stickers. Um, so yeah, really, really, really impressed to, to see that coming soon. And until next week, guys, uh, that's pretty much a wrap, isn't it, guys? It is. Have a good week. We'll see you next time. And may the force be with you always. <laughs>